Welcome to Finest Work Songs. My name is Matt. My name is also Matt. 101. 101. Matt, the studio audience is a little more quiet. Oh, yay. 101. Yeah. Wake us up when you get to the next hundy. That's right. We'll really be impressed when you get to 200. Dropping the deuce, (laughs) hundy. Before we get to 101, just want to thank everyone for all the cool things that people did uh, to help us celebrate 100 Epipods and had some cool videos posted uh, congratulating us from some of our previous guests and even a couple that corrected us on some things we got wrong in the past. So, you know, thanks so much for that. Thanks for keeping us on our toes. Yeah, really nice of everyone. So if you're not following us on Instagram, make sure that you get on that bandwagon. If you're joining us now for the first time, Finest Work Songs is just a show where we just love to talk music. We love to talk classic albums, whether it's something that is universally accepted as a classic album like Michael Jackson's Thriller, or it might be something that's a little bit more obscure, or it might be something that uh, took the world by storm, which I think is the case with this album that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, we got a fun album to talk about today, but before we do, Matt, it's time for Share Time. And I am tonight, walking in Memphis. Share Time is a segment when we share something with you, the finest work fans. It could be a book, usually about 10 years old. Yeah, yeah thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> it could be a podcast. could be a movie. Anything that's been on our radar mm-hmm. that we want to share with you. What do you have for us today, Matt? A couple things that are, are pretty obvious with me. You, you know, I love new music. <laughs> right. But you also know I love with share time, throwing it back in the Wayback Machine. Yeah. So I've got a combination of that today. This isn't like late breaking news or anything, but I do want to share, in case you haven't heard... The Beatles actually have a new Beatles song. Matt, how can that With be? With all four Beatles. How can that be, Matt? Mysticism and <laughs> alchemy, I think. So full disclosure, I have not listened to the song yet. Wow. The family and I, we were going to find a time to watch the making of. Hasn't worked out yet, so. I don't need to ruin your family time by playing it now. I'll just pretend I haven't heard it. They don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> understanding is they found a cassette of john playing piano and 
some of these lyrics. That's it. It feels like him noodling. It was in that same sort of vein as Free as a Bird and Real Love, where yeah. they're kind of like these snippets of songs. And I definitely prefer the production on this versus Free as a Bird and Real Love, because that seemed so like Jeff Lynn heavy on the overproduction, even though this was like, you know, almost like AI generated kind of. Yeah. How did they? They were able to separate John's voice from the piano because the piano was muffling the vocals on the initial. And that's why they walked away from it in the mid nineties was George was frustrated because they just couldn't get the mix right on the vocals. Oh, wow. And so he was done with it. Did George play? Yeah. Peter Jackson, Lord of the Rings guy, was able to separate. That ring has a lot of power. (laughs) You have no idea. So they were able to separate John's vocals. They kept in George's guitar strumming. Paul and Ringo add in their parts, vocals. Paul does a slide guitar solo in George's honor a little bit later. Oh. So yeah. For it to have been so kind of digitally packaged. Now, does it sound like... A classic Beatles song? No, but it sounds like a band, like a song by a band. I look forward to seeing the video and how they put it together. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a share time for us today? Matt, I do. This share time is a little bit of a public service announcement. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, like we just had daylight saving time. So like, you know, check the batteries on your smoke detector or something like that. You know, on your phone, it'll beep and you'll get an emergency alert. I'm working on a new <laughs> alert that comes out and it's a share alert. <laughs> <laughs> people are probably so confused they're like, like wait what? this is share time you played a share song you're warning us about share and they're like you do realize that share is c-h-e-r and you're talking about sharing s-h-a-r-e <laughs> like, i'm so confused right now share is going to star in the macy's thanksgiving day parade this year oh my gosh move over santa there's a new sheriff in town <laughs> <laughs> i hope that it's like a float and it's a big battleship with Navy man all she's over. recreating her video. She's wearing fishnet. <laughs> so yeah, Danny Rosen. Previous guest. Danny posts such a great video, but he also sent a link about this. Cher is headlining for the 97th annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day That's Parade. That's cool that they're able to line it up for her 97th birthday. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> she's preparing to release a 25th anniversary edition of her album, Believe. That is 25 years old. And remember how the auto-tune on that made oh, it yeah. sound just the worst? And it was like, whoa, this old lady's putting out dance music. They invented auto-tune because they were like, man, she's insisting on putting out an album. <laughs> and if people have to hear, we got to make her sound better. Matt, she just dropped her first new album in five years. It's called Christmas. Oh. Should we get a taste of it? I don't think we have any doubt. I'm going to break my Christmas music before Thanksgiving rule mm-hmm. but you know what it's for the people man yeah this is this is a public service announcement there's a song called drop top sleigh ride what Dude, I bet that's the song she plays. I bet it is. I'm calling for it. your uh, share alert when you get them on your phone, and it's like mm-hmm. it's a, a really annoying sound. What sound would it be? It's just that auto tone. It's like, do you believe? <laughs> you know, and you're like, ah, yeah. and you immediately turn off your TV. You turn off everything where you could possibly yeah. be exposed that's to share. Nice. Here's who else is appearing: Belle Biv DeVoe, Matt. Oh, Brandy. Okay, Chicago. 
in vogue. What year is yes, this? This is 2023. <laughs> Matt, Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. Okay. Do you listen to them? I don't. I'm being completely sincere right now. Okay. That feels like a Lale family okay. band. Drew Big Holcomb time. and the Neighbors. Yeah, they're excellent. But also, when I think about the music that y'all are into, mm-hmm. I really think that okay. y'all would love Drew Holcomb and the Neighbors. All right. Yeah. Matt Pentatonix will be there. Have you started your Pentatonix alert either? They weren't invited, but they're just they're showing up. They bring their own float. <laughs> There's a late entry into the parade. Oh, it's <laughs> Pentatonix once again. Matt, we got some new balloon giants. Okay. Beagle Scout Snoopy, Blue Cat and Chugs. Chugs. I watched that movie once. Chugs, Matt. Oh, Chugs. Yeah. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda's Poe. Oh, yeah, Poe from Kung oh, yeah. Okay. How old do I sound right now pronouncing <laughs> these cartoon things? Poe, Matt? Matt, we've got Poe. I sound like a Regis or something. Uh, Monkey D. Luffy. I tell you, with a lineup like that, it definitely makes me not want to tune into the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah, Matt, are you a parade guy? We will turn it on and just kind of have it on as background noise. And we always get a kick out of just how blatantly lip-synced everything is mm-hmm. and all that but it's always fun just to have it on in the background yeah i've never been a huge fan but it there is fun go. to yeah. watch with them someday they'll be gone and it'll be quiet in your house and it'll be thanksgiving day and you'll be like i need to turn on the parade <laughs> yeah except this year chair <laughs> floating around on that battleship grinding on some poor serviceman who's <laughs> like 19 yeah like, oh, what are you doing <laughs> this has been share time Matt, what album are we reviewing today? Today we are talking about Garth Brooks' Ripping the Wind. (laughs) Every time. Folks call me Maverick. Yes, I ain't too diplomatic. I just never been the kind to go along. Just avoiding confrontation. For the sake of confirmation And I'll admit I tend to sing a different song Sometimes you just can't be afraid To wear a different hat If Columbus said comply This old world might still be flat Nothing venture, nothing gain Sometimes you got to go against the grain He's bringing it He's bringing it Bringing man. that energy That's the way you start an album right here oh, God, every time Yeah we're not reviewing this song. No. Nah. I'm a little bit glad because it's... It's frenetic. It's early in the morning and yeah. that just stresses me out, man. <laughs> we like to start with our memory. So what is your memory of Garth Brooks? I've talked about it before. Like Country music has not always been something that I really have gotten into. And part of that was in defiance of my surroundings as like a high school kid. Growing up in a rural area, like so many of my friends, all they listened to was country. It almost got old and more country music. And, you know, I wanted to always be the exact opposite of that. So that, mm-hmm. that's why you start getting into more like alternative music and looking for stuff like R.E.M. and the Smiths and, and all that kind of stuff. But, man, I was all about this freaking album. Oh, yeah? I was cranking out these albums, you know, over this, this period. Yep. And you couldn't go to a high school party without hearing Friends in Low Places playing. And <laughs> it good. Done North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Shocking. <laughs> Friends in Low Places was kind of one of those songs like Margaritaville, where I was kind of like, this is lame. But unlike Margaritaville, secretly I was kind of like, it's kind of catchy. Yeah, I kinda, sing along. I kinda like it. It was kind of like a guilty pleasure. Didn't want to tell my friends, yeah, I actually really like this album. Yeah. It's a very hit-heavy album. But man, I, I liked almost every song on this album. I'm sure we'll talk about how Garth and his touring and how he sort of approached live shows 
really set the standard and kind of changed country music performances moving forward. It was like a gateway country music album for me where I was kind of like, okay, I'll dive into some other things. And that's my memory of Rope in the Wind. He is a gateway. Oh, he's a crossover. That crossover. It's a big crossover. Yeah. Is the term gateway used for anything other than gateway drug? I like to say blue cheese is a gateway cheese. Okay. Yeah. Like so you, if you can do blue cheese. Then you can do anything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anything. Follow your dreams. Yeah, kids. gosh. Just smell that stinky <laughs> cheese and dive right I in. I can't do blue cheese. Man. You can't do blue cheese? Oh, no. So. Uh, but I'm not a stinky cheese guy. I got a guy. He can hook you up with some good <laughs> yeah, blue cheese. <laughs> We're going to skip that first cocaine fuel <laughs> all night driving a big rig. It's cannonball run. Yeah. We're going to get into rodeo. Garth Brooks from Oklahoma is going to teach us what it's all about. His eyes are cold and restless. His wounds have almost healed. And she'd give half a Texas just to change the way he feels. She knows his love's in Tulsa And she knows he's gonna go Well, it ain't no woman, flesh and blood It's that damned old road he go Oh, well, it's balls and blood It's a dust and mud It's the roar of a Sunday crowd It's the white in his knuckles The gold in the buckle He'll win the next go-round It's boots and shafts It's cowboy hats It's spurs and latigo It's ropes and rain Matt, first thing about this song that stands out are those keyboards. Yeah. The guy on keys was named Bobby Wood, played for Elvis, Wilson Pickett, Dusty Springfield. He's a Memphis guy. And then he ended up playing on everything from Timmy Wynette to George Jones. Nice. Those keys, it feels soul. It's, I mean, it's coming from Memphis. It's a little funky. Yeah. I remember hearing about and reading about Garth. He was so focused on entertaining. Mm -hmm. He wanted to approach it almost like you were at a live show. I think you kind of get a little bit of that, even in the production. Even Mm -hmm. there's a couple parts in the song where striking the strings a little bit, like someone would do live. Like you think you'd do a perfect run through for an album. And for this, it's like, no, let's bring the energy of a live show. So it doesn't surprise me that he would want the soul and even a little bit of funkiness with a song like this. Let's get into this guy. Troyal Garth Brooks. Never knew his name was Troyal. Troyal. He was born in Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's the youngest of Troyal Raymond Brooks Jr. Okay. His mom was Colleen Carroll, and she was a country singer who recorded on Capitol Records. Wow. Second marriage for each of his parents. So he had four older half-siblings, and then they had two children, Kelly and Garth. Yeah, which made me wonder, three older brothers, I guess it depends on which side they come from, but why did he get why the Troyal yeah. passed down, which I can't imagine Jim, Jerry, or Mike being like, I want to be Troyal. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but still, you wonder if there's a little yeah. bit of like favoritism. Yeah, it's like Joseph in the Technicolor jacket. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so Brooks was a jock, played football. Yeah. And when he started at quarterback, they were 0-5. But he played baseball. And he Matt, he threw javelin at Oklahoma State University. There you go. Which I've heard conflicting accounts. On his Wikipedia which feels very... His Wikipedia. <laughs> yes, it feels very doctored because it says he received a track scholarship to Oklahoma State University where he competed in the javelin, right? Mm-hmm. That makes it seem like he was recruited. Yep. But I've heard other accounts of they didn't have that program, but because he had a strong right arm, he kind of picked it up. I don't know. 
But his Wikipedia does feel very much protected yeah. by what are his fans called? Brooks Crooks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, while there, he studied advertising. No way. Was into marketing and He's advertising. He's into marketing. Yep. yep. Okay. I'm sure that will come back up as we get into it. He loved the music of his older siblings, but apparently it's when he heard George Jones in 1981 that that was the... the it clicked. Yeah, it clicked. Yeah. These stories are always so black and white. <laughs> it's like, you never heard country growing up? Yeah. You grew up in Oklahoma and you never heard country? And then all of a sudden you did? That's what it seems like. Or maybe just he never liked it. I don't know. But then when it's convenient, he's like, well, I grew up with rodeo in my blood. Yeah. So I'm going to sing about rodeo. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, right. which is it? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you don't get to be so selective. You're not going to rodeos and they're playing like Death Cab for Cutie. <laughs> <laughs> Death Cab. <laughs> By the time he got to Nashville, it went quick. He moved there in 1987. And his first album was released in 1989, and it peaked at number two on the Billboard Top Country Albums chart. So, man, he got in with the right people, got in with the right songwriters. I guess he had enough that he co-wrote a lot of songs. So what was it about Garth? What did they see in him at the time? The, the songs are strong. You can't get there without strong songs and hear a lot about him co-writing them. And I, I don't know what level involvement that is exactly when you get right down to it and that this is where it translated to like the live stuff too is like mm -hmm. it was just his charisma he seemed to bring just a different kind of energy this wasn't clint black strumming the guitar and singing great songs this wasn't alan jackson you know chattahoochee oh that's cute and catchy and fun this was rock star level energy and charisma probably not necessarily right away so that, I mean, it's still a good question because his first couple albums still kind of lean more into the, the traditional country vein. Well, it leaned into it. Yeah. It's almost like, gosh, this sounds terrible. It doesn't seem like he was music first. And we'll mm -hmm. explore this with his decisions. He was consumer first. Mm -hmm. What do they want? Right. And you give them that. It has to be deep enough, but it has to be able to reach a massive audience. Yeah. It's almost like he was riding for stadiums. From the beginning. Yeah. Tapping into that excess of the 80s and the, the whole stadium feel. Maybe he's looking at Bruce Springsteen and Aerosmith thinking, we need a country version of that. You look at all his hits throughout the years, each one of them tap into a different kind of persona, either of country music or of other genres. I can even remember sitting on a church youth group bus going on a Methodist Day football game at Duke or something. And this is before this album comes out. Youth leaders are playing over and over unanswered prayers. Here's some theology, kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like, everybody can relate to that. He figured out the secret sauce. Kind of sets the blueprint for several people going forward. For pop country. If he didn't invent it, he definitely wrote the playbook. Mm -hmm. All right, next song on the album is What She's Doing Now. Last time I saw her, it was turning colder, but that was years ago. Last I heard, she had moved to Boulder, but where she's now, I don't know. But there's something about this time spins my head around takes me back makes me wonder what she do now cause 
What she's doing now is tearing me apart. Filling up my mind and emptying my heart. I can hear her call each time the cold wind blows. And I wonder if she What she's doing now. Now we're like, oh, you could just look up what she's doing now. Yeah, it's complicated, but she's in a relationship. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I see. But back then, you had to do some work. Apparently, he was going to pick up the phone and call her, quote, just for laughs. His wife is walking in. Oh, baby, I'll just, just for laughs. I dialed her old number. (laughs) Yeah, so he hadn't seen her in years, but every fall, it takes him back and he wonders, what's she doing now? I definitely get the feeling that. She has completely moved on, and she is not worrying about what Garth's doing now. No. She's got, like, four kids. Got her own orthodontist practice. <laughs> and he's walking through the woods. A coat pulled tight with the collar up, your head down. This one just feels like the song you shouldn't listen to before you click onto Facebook and look up your <laughs> ex. Right, so here's how Garth met his first wife. Okay. He was a bouncer at a bar, I guess in Stillwater, where Oklahoma State University is. And he heard a scuffle in the bathroom, the ladies' bathroom. And there's a woman who had tried to punch another woman, and her hand got, it broke the wall and got caught in the wall. Garth was like, what happened? And, you know, he reports that she- What she's doing now? <laughs> What's she doing now? <laughs> oh, that'll be a great song one day. <laughs> yeah. See ya. <laughs> Leaves. Is that how you and Charity met? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> she was punching some other woman right. in a bar. That's crazy, man. And her hand got stuck. In the wall, in I the guess. Wall. That's wild. You know that's not true. There's no way that's true. No. <laughs> so he was married to her for a good bit. A long while. They had a few yeah. kids. Yeah. They got a divorce. I think, did he have an affair? I think he had an affair. Yeah. With Trisha Yearwood. Mm-hmm. They're still together, though. It's the Johnny and June thing. They're like, well, we like them now. So whatever happened before is- She has you know. cooking shows and people love her. And Garth shows up every now and then on her cooking shows. I know this because we watch her cooking shows. Oh, really? Yeah. You watch the Trisha Yearwood cooking show? Not like on a regular basis, but <laughs> it's, a, it's it. on a lot. It's is on it really? a lot on the Food Network. Yeah. Okay. Garth will show up from time to time and- Come in, just like, ah, what's up? <laughs> Grabs her from behind. Hey, baby. You know, she's like, I'm cooking, Garth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you. Oh, we rolling? <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's weird how like you kind of just overlook those kinds of things, like in a fair. Because they're famous. We don't concern ourselves with John Lennon's ex. How bad or, he treated Cynthia Lennon. We look at the outcome. If we like the outcome, then we can just go, oh, well, they found their soulmate. Yeah. And if we don't like it, it's like they're cheating, they're adulterers. Mm-hmm. We like to bend the rules, Matt. We as a humanity. Mm-hmm. That's true. Because <laughs> we don't want to feel bad about listening to Garth Brooks. That's true. And to be clear, I'm not trying to take this so far to say that people getting divorced and remarrying is the worst thing. I'm just talking about being able to cover over an affair or the origin story there. Yeah. We do like to compartmentalize these things. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. Speaking of affairs, Matt. Papa drove a truck nearly all his life You know it drove Mama crazy being a trucker's wife The part she couldn't handle was a being alone I guess she needed more to hold than just a telephone Papa called Mama each and every night Just to ask her how she was and if his kids were alright Mama would wait for that call to come in But when Daddy'd hang up, well, she was gone again Mama was a looker, Lord, how she shined Papa was a 
Spoiler alert, everybody. When he says mama's in the graveyard, papa's in the pen, that's actually what happened because papa caught her cheating. Mm-hmm. Drove his 18-wheeler into the motel. Into it. Yeah. Yes. Doesn't say whether the dude died. The other guy? Yeah. It doesn't, does it? Or guys. We don't know. Oh. She loved men, she not man. <laughs> <laughs> I do love the line. He never hit the brakes and he was shifting gears. <laughs> There are parts of Garth's songs where he enunciates things so weirdly to me. Yeah. And this is one of them. Papa love mama, and then mama love, he says men Mm -hmm. so oddly. Let's hear it. Mama love men. Yeah. 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 How do you spell that? M-E-A-H? M-Y-E-H. I mean, I don't get it. Like We've talked before how Garth is consumer first. Maybe versus the craft first. Yeah. Some of these like country music tropes that I think he falls into. Oh, yeah. The whole basis of the song is one. But then talking about the pen. Not jail. Not jail, but the pen. Well, it doesn't rhyme with men. Yeah, man. <laughs> pen. Mama love tail. Mama's in the graveyard. Papa's in the jail. See, that's All so right, much let's... easier. <laughs> yeah, he does really lean into the country. And man, country songs and murder. And people just like love it. Willie Nelson did a whole album about it. That's right. Shout out Tim Hunter. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't celebrate it though. He just tells what happened. Goodbye, Earls. Oh you yeah, know, that dude needed to die. <laughs> yeah. And this one is just hey, here are the facts. This is what happened. Here's the chronology of what happened. And yeah. Why? And I was reading Chuck Klosterman. He breaks down friends in low places, and one thing he says about it is that it's an acceptance of class difference. Hmm. So it's not about saying that if you're rich, you're better. He just keeps saying, I'll be okay. He says, quote, Garth's version of populism did not pit the poor against the elite. Mm. Instead, it was implied that the difference was immaterial and that all people ultimately want the same ordinary things. He could somehow represent multiple personas at the same time. There it is. He's the everyman. That is it. You had to be in order to get to that level. You can be the country crooner who does unanswered prayers, the barroom singer doing friends in low places you can be a gospel guy with the river you take too many stands and then you're gonna isolate yourself toby keith is huge but he's only gonna be so huge yeah dixie chicks isolated their audience Mm -hmm. here's the weird thing though matt is that he would never ever be as big today first of all because our nation is so much more polarized than before i mean he wrote a song after the la riots about we shall be free yeah from a standpoint of his base to be the largest country selling artist of all time Mm -hmm. and to be singing songs that quote martin luther king jr that doesn't (laughs) usually go together right i remember it being kind of controversial but i also remember no one really blinked an eye maybe because it was garth i mean he wrote about domestic violence he wrote about gay rights in the 90s yeah no one gave him crap for it but he also didn't get celebrated for it it was just true i'm so big and these songs are so catchy I'm not demanding that you choose one way or another. Here's a story. Let's sing along. He's like Jimmy Buffett. Yeah. Which I guess just has to be the case if you're going to be the largest selling artist. You have to reach so many people. Mm -hmm. And that means you can only say so much. Right. People got to want to sing along, Matt. Mm -hmm. And this next song shows us that not only could he write, but he could recognize songs to sing along to. I'm shameless when it comes to loving you. I'll do anything you want me to 
I'll do anything at all And I'm standing Here for all the world to see Oh, maybe that's what's left of me Don't have very far fall. You know now I'm not a man Who's ever been Insecure about the world I've been living in I don't break it easy I have my pride But if you need to be satisfied I'm shameless Well honey I don't have a prayer Every time I see you standing there I go down upon my knees And I'm jaded Swore I'd never compromise on we said he's every man and just like i got the columbia house and bmg cd club stuff he'd send in a penny and get eight cds oh yeah he was doing that in the early 90s as well he was like oh i liked billy joel back in the 70s so he orders stormfront and he comes across shameless and so this song was only like two years old by the time garth re-records it <laughs> oh wow the cover is way more popular than the the original ever was yeah billy joel version not great it really does speak to what you said of how garth was able to hear a song and kind of i won't say reinvent it because it's a pretty straightforward version but he just does a much better version of the song let's hear a snippet of this billy joel version it doesn't even sound like billy joel i might like it then <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. Credit to Garth for hearing that and being able to turn it. Chicken salad, chicken something in the chicken salad. I think that's what Garth just did. Way to go, Garth. (laughs) This is what they say out and done. (laughs) Man, he put something in the chicken salad. I don't know what it was, but I'll eat it. Hey, Matt, I found this article. One thing I try to do for you is find the Darius Rucker connection. Sure. And it's country music, so I knew there would be. 1996 American Music Awards. Favorite artist of the year. Here are the nominees. Boys to Men. Okay. Green Day, TLC, Mm -hmm. Hootie and the Blowfish. Garth Brooks won, and he told the crowd he didn't think he deserved to win it and that Hootie and the Blowfish did. He walked off stage and left the award sitting there, Matt. Whoa. So he does take a stand. Darius Rucker, on an interview, shared that he was talking with Garth Brooks, and Brooks said, Darius, you know where that award is now? And Darius asked, where? And Brooks said, it's on my mantle. (laughs) Marketing. He's got it. He understands it. He's doing it, man. He's street smart and book smart. I'm telling you, man. He's one step ahead of you. Yes. At least the uh, the spin he's putting on things. Yeah, that's amazing. Matt, this was my introduction to Garth Brooks. Okay. A girl I was dating at the time put on a mixtape. And if a girl's putting a song about how she's loving you shamelessly, I'm here for it. Yeah. So I'm like, country? Yeah I'm, yeah, I'm down. But the thing was is that she didn't listen to a lot of country, aside from like The River at a youth group thing. Yeah. or <laughs> Sorry, every youth group thing. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the first time it was put amidst other songs. Mm-hmm. It had that crossover pop. It was fitting alongside your other sort of hokey, syrupy love songs that you put on a mixtape. I mean, it wouldn't stand up next to The Goat. Baby, I've been searching like everybody else. Well, who can? Yeah. Had you not heard Friends in Low Places? I mean, I'd heard it. I never wanted to listen to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fast forward a few years later in college, and I'm dating a girl in the summer who was in the country. Mm-hmm. By the end of that summer, Matt, I had Garth Brooks' greatest hits, Alan Jackson, Shania Twain, Tim McGraw, 
Who's the dude to sing about the uh, the auction? Oh, John Michael Montgomery. Oh, John Michael Remember Montgomery. that song? Yes. Okay. You were all in for I had it. all these country CDs. It's because of a girl. Girls got me into country for a little bit. It's really Billy Joel's fault. The old Beege. Old BJ's fault. He wrote the song. Garth found it. Some and, girl put on a mixtape, and yeah, there you have it. He gets it. He understands what people want, maybe better than any artist in the last 30 years. Yeah, that's it. Some artists, they demand the audience come to them, and he is the other way around. He is kicking the door down to get to you the consumer he's got what it takes to do that this next song is a picture of that changing as it flows and the dreamer's just a vessel that must follow where it goes trying to learn from what's behind you and never knowing what's in store makes each day a constant battle just to stay between the shore and I will sail my vessel till the river runs dry like a bird upon the wind These waters are my sky I'll never reach my destination If I never try So I will sail my vessel Till the river runs dry Too many times we stand aside Matt, this is just like an inspirational song about life life is like a river you just got to try and you won't make it if you don't and if it's gonna the river's dry i, it, I don't understand it <laughs> but man it meant something i remember holding hands with all my friends and swaying back and forth at some youth <laughs> thing or other so this album came out in 92 yeah 92 thinking of timing then you know automatic for the people is like find the river on that album mm -hmm. Another river song, song about life and river. And I know it goes way back, but we're so locked into this analogy about rivers in life. And it always seems to resonate. You could write a, a river song like today. And if it's halfway decent, people are going to be here for it. So here's some river songs, Matt. Down by the River, Neil Young, Proud Mary, mm -hmm. CCR. River of Dreams, oh, Matt. Speaking oh, of BJ. The beach. Gosh, that song is dumb. <laughs> he was like, man, that Garth Brooks and that river thing he's really real tapped well. into something yeah he is the only artist in music history to have released nine albums that were certified diamond the beatles record six albums this album was like 14 million his worst selling album was his second christmas album <laughs> and it went platinum let's talk about the marketing a little bit yeah he believed in quote the walmart school of business okay and so what he did was 220 concerts in the mid 90s oh yeah he capped the price at 20 dollars a ticket to ensure that every show was sold out and he would underprice his albums in the late 90s, just drop the price so that 
opening week sales were breaking records. Yeah. It's kind of a machine a little bit. Those concerts, I mean, I remember what a quote-unquote big ticket item that was. I mean, people were clamoring to go see Garth. He brought the stadium rock show energy to it. Yeah, that's right. And he had the headset. Oh, yeah. I might be misremembering this, but I feel like there was even like times where he was like coming out over the crowd. He was all about energy the show and the energy I was reading a 20-year review of this album they said you know this is the album that will be remembered for changing the expectations of country music you probably don't have shania without mm. garth he definitely opened the door wide for yeah. pop country yeah then you bring her in yeah. oh my gosh oh, yeah. it's done yeah exactly. <laughs> those two one two punch garth is undeniable as a melody writer undeniable as a, a marketing machine sold the albums he has captured the hearts of America, he's not on Apple Music or Spotify, Matt. It's so weird. Because he's Garth Brooks, and he said, no, I don't like the deals that you're doing. He did make a deal with Amazon, mm-hmm. but I'm sure that the terms were extremely favorable <laughs> towards yeah. him. Yeah, he's always like one step ahead. Well, except when it comes to Chris Gaines. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we didn't even try to touch it, which listeners are probably like, all y'all talk about is Chris Gaines all the time. <laughs> you're right. And that's how big Garth is, is that we were so distracted for this whole epipod that yeah. we didn't even get to Chris Gaines. We, haven't even to we will someday. Yeah. Okay, now it's time for Sleepers. This is a song that is not on the greatest hits. It's not on the Apple. Well, I was going to say it's not on Apple's. <laughs> Essentials, but none of them are. So you could pick whatever you want. That's right. But yeah, it's kind of a, a non-single that is a, a sleeper. Matt, what is your sleepers? My sleepers for Ripping the Wind is the song In Lonesome Dove. And she looked down and her heart was gone. The train went west, but she stayed on. In Lonesome Dove. There's nothing revolutionary about it, but it's a really, I think, a really good, straightforward, mournful country song. I think he does a, a good job of painting a, a really good picture with the song. And that captures that nice Garth not growling and yelling at you. Yeah. It's a pretty song. Yeah. We'll add it to the Sleeper Spotify playlist. Check it out on Spotify. <laughs> Actually, we won't add nothing because Garth Brooks says, I'm not on Spotify. Yeah, that's right. So you can add some Muzak version. Okay, uh, we always like to challenge each other to remove a song. And so, Matt, Garth is going to replace your wardrobe with all of his 90s striped shirts. Striped and patterned checkered shirts. Oh, my God. If you don't remove a song from We're Up in the Wind, so if you had to, which one would it be? It would be We Bury the Hatchet. We bury the hatchet. Leave the handle stick and bang out. We're always digging up things. We should forget about. It's fine. I don't think it holds up as well as, as the other songs on this album. Same. Same. I told you beforehand, it was really easy. That song is annoying. <laughs> it is annoying. And I just don't like those country songs that sort of... I can see people dancing Yeah. when I hear that yeah, one. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know? You're like, you hate people dancing? Yeah. yeah just that sort of two-step thing that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was easy. Now it's time for your senior quote. senior yearbook you've got your picture and underneath you get to put a quote that represents the river that you're going to float down of life <laughs> that's right <laughs> the big rig oh yeah you're going to crash road behind you crash to that motel of yeah. life <laughs> <laughs> yeah 
What would you want people to remember you by senior year, Matt, from Rope in the Wind? All right, so I'm cheating a little bit here. Okay. And the reason I'm cheating is my high school senior class song was actually The Dance. Yeah, it was. So it's not from this album, but I would be cheating my classmates if I didn't use lines from The Dance. Okay. So the lines from The Dance are, and now I'm glad I didn't know the way it all would end, the way it all would go. Our lives are better left to chance. I could have missed the pain. But I'd have had to miss the dance. Mm, That's deep. But it means like nothing. It means whatever you need it to in that moment. What about you? What's your senior quote? Mine is from the river. So don't you sit upon the shoreline and say you're satisfied. Choose to chance the rapids and dare to dance the tide. That's good songwriting. He's got it. Say what you want. It may not mean anything. This one was a long time coming. We did it. We talked Garth. We didn't quite get to Chris Gaines. No. But maybe someday. Maybe someday. As always, you can engage with us on social media, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, X, Threads, at Finest Work Songs. Check us out on Facebook. Be sure to visit our website, finestworksongs.com. And we didn't get to a Kenny Gmail this time, but you can always email us at finestworksongs at gmail.com. And who knows, maybe we'll read one of your emails in a future Kenny Gmail segment. All right, we'll see you next time. We've got Listener's Choice coming up and our Christmas Epipod. We're going to leave you out today on another Garth track that I love Colin Baton Rouge. Hello, Samantha, dear. I hope you're feeling fine. And it won't be long until I'm with you all the time. But until then, I'll spend my money up right down to my last time. Go, and Baton Rouge. Our theme song is by the incredible band Medium Heat. This track is called Radio, and you should check them out at mediumheat.bandcamp.com. And check out any upcoming shows if you are in the Raleigh area. They are on Facebook at Medium Heat Music.